The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello, everyone. I would say we're in rare form today, but I think we say that every week. And really, we're probably just funny to ourselves and no one else. We're hilarious. We're hilarious to ourselves. Exactly. I am Deb Tomorrow. I am your host of Real Real Estate Today. And at some point today, we're going to talk about real estate. We're actually going to talk about flipping homes. Um, investing uh, in real estate, flipping them for a quick profit kind of thing. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but I got a lot of stuff to talk about beforehand. First off, I want to say welcome to Karen Russell, best emulator in the state of Indiana. Hello. Hello, hello. 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 We are also joined by Rachel, the best am associate producer in the state of Indiana, face of an angel, mouth of a sailor. Not allowed to be on air unless I'm desperate. <laughs> I was thinking through those. I was writing the show, and there were a few times where I thought I might curse during this segment. So That's I don't okay. know. Yeah, right. It's internet radio. I can say whatever okay. I want. That's what we're doing Yay. during the commercial breaks. We are. So. We are. We're frightening the engineer. Uh, so first thing I want to say is happy birthday, Betty White. Yes. Did you know it's her birthday today? She's ninety-five. Ninety-five. Badass. Yes. Love her. All right. Um, The second thing I wanted to talk about was just an update. If you have been listening the past few weeks, you may have heard us talk about our 101010 project. And uh, that is that we are celebrating my 10th anniversary in real estate. Uh, So we're doing that by donating 10% of commissions to 10 local nonprofits or movements. Um, And uh, and so we're continuing that celebration uh, all over Facebook. So hopefully you're following us on Facebook. That's Deb Tomorrow Realtor. And uh, Twitter, we've got some stuff out there, too. Rachel's all over that. I'm eternally confused about it. Um, but last week, I had a great meeting with one of the local uh, nonprofits that we support. It's called Positive Link HIV Services. Karen, did I tell you about that meeting? You told me a little, a little bit. bit about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very eye-opening. They provide holistic care to people with HIV. And they also do a lot of community um, outreach. Uh, they're supported by the Community Foundation, our local hospital, Um and they do testing and lots of education. She said of the testing that they do, their positive rate is like 1.2%, which is pretty big. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a lot. Um, but they also, they do targeted testing. They go in and, you know, kind of target populations for testing. But it was really eye-opening and uh, the stigma attached to HIV is still very real. Um, you know, she had lots and lots of stories that were just really interesting to me. She, she told a story about... Um, an apartment complex manager who came to them and said, you know, we have a tenant who has HIV. I know I can't reveal their status to any of our maintenance workers, but I want to make sure that our maintenance workers are protected anytime they go in the apartment. And they're kind of like, 
Well, okay, it's not like there's going to be, you know, blood spatter on the walls right, or something right, right. like that. I mean, it's you just go about your business and you're okay. They're just uneducated or they're not, they don't know. They just don't know, don't right? Know. Okay. So, you know, they did take the opportunity. I mean, that's a great opportunity. They went down and they just did education for all of the staff of the apartment uh, complex, just in general, obviously not making it obvious that they were doing it because a tenant had HIV or anything like that. But, you know, that kind of thing is just very, very, still very prevalent. So, hmm. um I just want to encourage people to get educated and uh, help spread the word of, you know, the truth, right? That's going to be our motto for the next. Hashtag truth. Hashtag truth. You read all about like the fake media, you know, what's real, what's fake. You see that all the time on on Facebook. CNN is what I heard. CNN is fake. That's what I heard. Okay. Well, could be. It could be. All right. So we were talking, I think last year, last week, did we talk a little bit about resolutions or maybe that was a couple weeks ago it might have been the week before yeah it all kind of blends together (laughs) well I found this really cool article I think Rachel probably put it up but I wanted to get some highlights because it's a recommendation of overused real estate terms yes and so we're all making resolutions to not use these words as we market properties and and work in the real estate milieu Uh, do you have words that you're Uh, make you cringe it, it does and when I read this same, I'm sure the same link. Mm-hmm. I was dying because I thought, oh my gosh, yes, don't say that again, please. Yeah, so but true. Saying right? that word, yes, find something else to say. Right. I love the one number one was will not last. And they put that in the listing, and then you look at the listing, and it's like six months old. So I'd probably update that. But yeah, I would still. probably update that too. Uh, number two, seller says sell. Well, I would hope so. Because <laughs> it's, it's Haven't we had that conversation before? Yes. Uh, no way. I thought you snuck this listing into the MLS without their knowledge. <laughs> right. What? I didn't want to sell. Hmm. Um, this is Karen's favorite. Huge deck for entertaining. You just have to be careful using the word deck. No, I mean, if you need to describe some of the amenities, yes, but you should definitely spell check your advertisement before it actually gets printed. Because if you accidentally type an I for the E in deck and you have a huge back. Exactly. It's problematic. Much like if you leave out the R in your pantry and you have a (laughs) walk-in. But I've seen these. I'm not making this up. This this is my life. All right. Um, what about cozy? We all know what cozy means, right? Small. Small. <laughs> um, oh, I thought this one was hysterical. I think these were submitted by realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so needs TLC is one that we see all the time. Uh, but the commentary that they wrote in this article was hysterical because it was, come on, you know it's a hot mess. There's a big difference between tender, loving care and tile, lumber, and concrete. Yes. <laughs> so which is it? Most people have been conditioned to equate TLC with tons of loose cash. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm stealing that, right? I might even tattoo that on my arm. Uh, anything in all caps. Oh, I look yeah. past that. Do you? I, I mean, I won't, I won't. Oh, look you'll at, skip it. I, yes, I'll skip it if a description is in all caps mm-hmm. or an email is in all caps. I can't. We have a realtor, uh, one that like does it all the time. Yeah. And I believe I have said to her in emails before because she does an email. She does her listings, everything. I'm like, please don't yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Drives me crazy. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Clean lives here. I hate that one. I don't think I've ever heard that one, but. <laughs> Here's someone who needs a drink, yeah. I think. Okay, so this drives somebody crazy, a realtor crazy. Hot water heater. 
because technically it's a water heater. So saying hot water heater is redundant. If the water was hot, you wouldn't need a heater. Okay, but also maybe calm down a little bit. No. Do you think? No. No? No. It's not called a hot water heater. It's called a water heater. Okay. That doesn't like grate on me like somebody using the word weary instead of wary. Or I mean, there's things like that that grate on me a lot more. Like spelling someone's name with an E-N versus an A-N. <clears throat> Karen. Yeah. I spelled K-A-R-A-N. Yes. It's not that hard. It's not, but everyone misspells it. But see, like to me, I, I, I see things like this. So hot right. water heater. But like, what yeah. would you like? If, okay, so caps. somebody who like you say you work for misspells your name. That's tough. That's tough. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be addressed like early on. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Though. I would probably quit that job if somebody did couldn't spell my name right. Um, anything with bad spelling or grammar. So like all those extra apostrophes. Um, they have all kinds of uh, or, or the oh large dining room d i n n i n g. Those mm, drive me crazy. Um, what else we have here? Oh, this one was funny, too. I thought, room for a pool. And the commentary was, there's nothing quite like advertising something that doesn't it doesn't have. <laughs> Hell, room for a goat farm or Ferris wheel, too, I suppose. <laughs> doesn't have it now, but hey, it totally could. <laughs> I'm like, I want to, this is Robert Guth, G-U-T-H. I like this guy. Yeah. I want to be his friend. Yeah, these were submitted by realtors. And what I love about that is I get what they're trying to do. Which is just say some people are looking for a pool, you know, for a pool, but it's just saying, hey, there's not one here, but if you want to spend (laughs) some more money, you could. Or I know this one drives me crazy too. And there's a realtor, she just retired. So I'm hoping that will kill this term in uh, my community and it's rancher. I've never heard, Mm. I've never heard that Mm -hmm. until I read, until I read this article. Yeah. Uh, Instead of a, a ranch home, they say rancher. Ranchers have cows. Ranch is a style of home, so that bothered me, too. Uh, I had an assistant once who used the word boasts a lot. This home boasts of, you know, boasts five bedrooms or whatever. That's an interesting word. Yeah. My homes don't talk, though, so it's hard to boast if you don't talk, I think. Uh, So the recommendation is just say no to this word. It is one of the most overused words in modern real estate advertising. Um, So, yeah, it's good stuff there. Cozy. (laughs) That's a that's a good one. Step saver, you seen that? No. It's step a step sa- saver kitchen. It saves you steps. Because it's, it's like a galley kitchen or something, and it's like stand I'm like place, looking at you like I'm and you spin in a circle. Oh, you got the stove, you got the fridge, you got the. No, I've never heard that step one. Step saver kitchen. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. All right, resolutions made. All right, let's talk about home flipping. Um, do you, do you watch, so you watch some of the shows, right? I I used to. Okay, I did. I used to. And which shows? And we're not talking Joanna. Yeah, I know. She's not a flipper. Flip. She's a fixer upper. It's different. So we love her, and she's completely um, out of this conversation. But are there other shows that you've watched? It, it not really because it's. I should say, um, I was watching Flip or Flop or when that first yeah, came out, but mm-hmm. it's hard as a lender to watch those because you scream I'm, at the TV. Well, I'm looking at it going, what kind of financing are they getting if, if there is financing? Right. Like not every buyer is coming in like where we live and paying cash. So it's like, 
I, I look at that and right. say, I don't understand what kind of financing they're doing. Speaking of which, and total change of the subject, but did you watch, Rachel, I'm going to talk to Rachel off the air for a second. Rachel, did you watch that video I sent you from HGTV? Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> it's HTV spoofing itself on House Hunters, and it's hysterical. So Rachel's going to put it up on Facebook and out there on social media. It is the funniest thing. It's a five-minute video. It is worth every minute. They have all these people, and they're testing different expressions. Open the door and say, oh, my gosh, and say, oh, and then they get into this big discussion about, ooh, and then the guy, somebody else is like, moo, and they're like, no, it's not a cow. <laughs> and they just try all these different people, and they kept going, what would Don say? Don, Don would say, oh, it was hysterical. You have to, I can't okay. explain it. But it was really, really funny. And the fact that it came from HGTV itself Spoofing itself, Mm -hmm. total respect. It's like the Wendy's person who, have you read those articles? No. The person who, like, does the social media tweeting for Wendy's. Mm -hmm. She's got a little bit of an attitude. She's really funny. She'll say things like someone else will say, you know, make a comment about McDonald's, and she'll be like, the difference is that we have food that's edible. Like, she just says it. Oh, I think I know who that, yeah. I think I've, Anyways. Yeah. So much love to HGTV for spoofing themselves on House Hunters. Um, please watch that and um, share that video because that, that shares joy all over the world. Okay. Um, you know, it occurred to me as I was kind of doing some research, I remember some flipping shows from, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. I don't know when it was. And they were like real life people, like not investors, you know, but just like wearing like spiky high heels as they go around and look at homes and perfectly made up as they're doing kitchen demos. But like real people and like half the time they kind of failed. I think it was called Flip That House. I think, I'm not sure. I, I think I know what you're talking. Yeah. <clears throat> I just that. remember like some stories. There was one where this couple were working on a house and all they could afford was to buy something that was about two or three hours from their home. And so it was, you know, they'd commute every weekend, but then they didn't go for lots of weekends. And it would literally just follow them. And it'd be like, okay, now it's a year down the road, you know, and uh, the house hasn't sold or, you know, I mean, it didn't always end happily. Okay. And uh, I like those shows. I know. I think think maybe it was a little too realistic. Yeah. So anyways, we're going to talk about what is realistic and what isn't as we come back from break. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
All right, welcome back. Make sure you've got uh, Facebook on as you're listening to the show because there's always links that we refer back to. So find me at Deb Tomorrow Realtor. Uh, we are talking today about flipping, house flipping. I just thought this was kind of, it's always sort of a trendy thing. People always want to come in and talk about it. Um, I have a couple clients right now that are involved in some projects. And so I thought it would be a good thing to talk about. Have you ever seen Rehab Addict? No, I have not. That's with Nicole Curtis. Now, I like that one because she is really about the house as opposed to being about the profit. She's trying to save old houses. Um, and she does a lot of work in Detroit and Minneapolis and St. Paul and places like that. But she takes these giant houses that are going to be torn down and she really brings them back to life. And she saves the stuff that she can save in terms of the older homes. And, and so it's a, sort of like a flipping thing. But, you know, they never talk about at the end of the day, what the profit is. But if you look at the, watch the end of like flip or flop or the other one I was watched a couple weekends ago that made me think of doing the show was flipping Las Vegas, flipping Vegas, flipping Vegas. Yeah. I hate that one. I just know these names and I don't think I've ever seen. They are the it. crankiest, meanest people ever. Like he thinks that he can get his vendors to do things by screaming at them, literally screaming at them. And then the wife, who is the designer, goes behind his back and she'll call the contractor and she'll say, rip all that stuff out that the guy said to keep. And then she just like sits and waits and kind of smirks. And then he walks in the house and he blows a fuse and he screams. That's all it is. It's just people screaming. Yeah, I, I can't watch that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm, no. But uh, so rehab addicts, not like that. But anyways, at the end of those shows it always kind of shows a little breakdown financially yeah. you know the potential profit $75,000 or whatever um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that I was trying to Google so I was trying to be an equal opportunity player and so I was Googling the most realistic HGTV show okay okay we put that in most realistic HGTV show Google what? tell me what you can find and what is it Google's say? like yeah no I got nothing <laughs> It's no, it just keeps coming back and with story after story after story of how HGTV is unreal. I mean, it is television, but but I still. get that. Yeah, more power. There right? is that one that there's that uh, mother and daughter in Indianapolis. There is, is I that haven't still, seen that one. I don't think it's. I think it might be a DIY. Do you know? It might be DIY, but that is a true flipping one. one. Yeah, they do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and and there is cool stuff out there, but you know, unfortunately, I think over time, the stuff that has sort of hung on is the stuff that's sort of fakely, highly dramatized, and and it's you know, I like that HGTV can make you dream. Certainly, I see stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool, or that's a good idea, or whatever. I'm all about that. Um, you know what I say? Success is just outside your comfort zone. That you is what to, you always I always say. say, right? So you just have to dream, dream of that success outside your comfort zone and go for it, right? Okay, but you need to be smart about it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so flipping. We know what flipping is, right? Yes. I, I thought, do I need a definition? I don't know. <laughs> Karen, not that kind of flipping. Put that finger down. I, that's not me. <clears throat> no? No. Oh, that's Rachel? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody's flipping the bird. Okay. So real estate investment strategy in which an investor purchases with the goal of selling quickly for profit. So I'm going to tell you some secrets. So if you're a realtor in this current market that I work in, Bloomington, Indiana, I'd like you to turn off your radio right now. Because I'm going to tell you some of my secrets. Everyone else can keep listening. 
Um, there was an article that I found in Money Magazine that came out uh, middle of last year, 2016 article, and I, I wanted to read it because I thought it highlighted some really good points. Um, it's by a gentleman named Eric Sherman. It said, house flipping is hot last year, which would have been 2015. Uh, since 2007, uh, the number of people trying to buy houses cheap, fix them up, and sell them uh, is marked a high, uh, according to the real estate information company Realty Track. Um, and who can blame them when the average gross profit, this is a gross profit, in the first quarter of 2016 for flipping homes was $58,000. Keep it up and maybe you could even get your own house flipping reality TV show. There's just one problem. Lots of people are losing money. An analysis that Realty Track ran for Money Magazine showed that 12% of flips sold at break even or at a loss before all the expenses. Oh, my gosh. That's a huge loss, right? You know what scares me is, and we're going to talk about how people are paying for these flips, but a very popular way of paying for them is pulling equity out of your home I would, where you live. Yeah, I don't think I would ever do that. Oy vey. Right. Yeah, yours and I always keep one of our properties completely paid for so that we're like, we always have somewhere to go. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a neighborhood we'd really want to live in. It's not a house we'd really want to live in, but we will never be homeless because we're like, that house is, you know, if nothing else, we'll have one house minimum. Exactly. You know, the sprinkler. Anyways, <clears throat> that's us. In uh, 28% of flips, the gross profit was less than 20% of the purchase price. Again, remember, that's gross profit. 20% is typically the minimum that would cover those rehab costs, carrying costs, and other expenses incurred by flippers. So basically, they're saying you're still not really making money. Um, TV has made house flipping seem economically sexy. I think that's probably a good way to put it. Uh, but pros warn that a lot can go wrong. It happens all the time in the unwary can lose thousands of dollars. Uh, there's a gentleman, uh, Michael Banovac, who's managing partner of a luxury real estate in Phoenix, and he is doing eight fix and flips a month on average. And I thought this was interesting. So he does, he's got a company. This is what they do. They do eight f- flips a month. One or two of them, they're going to lose a little bit of money. Three or four of them, they're going to make a little bit of money. And one or two are going to pan out really well. So if you're only doing a few here and there, like the you know people who are trying to get started, it can be a pretty scary proposition. Um, every month the house isn't sold, the carrying costs add up. And that's one of the things that is not represented at the end of an HGTV show. Exactly. Um, is what your, those carrying costs would be. Um, so the, I think, uh, I think that would be like one of my biggest fears is if you wanted to, let, let's say you had the, the finances to do it as well as, you know, could hire out people to do mm-hmm. it like. You know, you might get you might get lucky on your first flip, and it mm-hmm. would be profitable. Mm-hmm. And then now you have you know gotten bitten or whatever. Yeah. And then you keep you know you keep trying, but I don't know. It's like t- it's just too risky. Yeah. And I don't know. So unless it's unless it's a business, I just I don't know if I could ever pull equity out of my house to do. And that. I think that's the big difference. What you just said there really is the key. Unless it's a business, and what we see on TV. And what we when we read some of these stories, these are people that that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And so they can afford a loss here and there because they're doing enough volume that there's gains here and there. And that is the conversation I always have with people when they say they want to get into flipping. You know, if you're just doing one or two a year, which is what a lot of people kind of intend on doing, I'm going to do one. I, you know, I have a job, I make $50,000 a year, but I'll do a flip and I'll make another 70 on top of that. I'll be golden. Doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Um, unless you're, you know, doing the volume 
Uh, so um, we're going to talk about how you find other financing options. Um, but I just thought that was some good information and some good numbers in there. Um, like I said, the reality, it drives me crazy that there, a lot of these HGTV shows, the numbers aren't telling the whole story. Um, you know, it, here's my thought. I'm going to beat this horse a little bit dead. But, you know, if Tarek and Christina really made $75,000 in just a couple weeks, which is what they lead you to believe on that show, on the shows, right? If that's ignoring all the carrying costs and closing costs, A. But B, if I was making $75,000 every few weeks... I probably wouldn't be on some stinking TV show and the, have the paparazzi following me around as I have family drama like Christine and Tarek. And all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. If I'm making $75,000 every couple of weeks, I'm laying on a beach somewhere in the Caribbean. I'm going to go back for a couple of weeks, do a flip project, make $75,000. I'm going to go back to my beach. Those are your goals. Those yeah. are my goals. Those, are your, those would be my goals, too. <laughs> I think they'd be a lot of people's <laughs> goals. So, um, And I think if the numbers were truly that good, there would be more people doing it. We're house hoarders. Um, if we find a good deal, we buy them and we hold them. Uh, I've never flipped a house. I tried once. We actually did try. I don't know if you know this. Mm-mm. We did try once, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, but we were living down here, and we bought a house up in Indianapolis. And Eurus would go up every you know weekend and do some work on it. And it just dragged on and on and on and really kept us up at night. And then it got broken into um, because we weren't up there, and I'm cueing the SVU music in dun, my head. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah, uh, and then we were really not sleeping at night. I mean, it was super stressful when you you've got that, you've got all your tools up there. We had tools stolen. Yeah, and then Yuris ended up having an accident with a table saw and, and cut it, most of his fingers off. And oh, yeah. The story goes on and on and on. See, HGTV should be following you around. Exactly, because that was a story. I tell you, when, when, when he calls you and says, I'm trying to find the hospital, I can't find it. Everything's kind of turning gray. Oh, gosh. I'm in Bloomington. I'm 60 miles away. And all of a sudden, the phone cuts out. And then I'm calling 911 from Bloomington. So they patch me through to one town that patches me through to another town to try and get me up to Indianapolis, close to where he is. And all I can say is he's in a big white truck. I don't know. I think he's somewhere on such and such a road looking for the hospital. Did you guys uh, sell that sell that home with fingers included or? <clears throat> there was probably some bone fragments still there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny that the next day, so yours had to be rushed into emergency surgery. He finally found the hospital. He got there like 10 minutes before I did. And um, he, um, um, the next day we were checking his phone and he had a voicemail from 911. And they were like, uh, Mr. Vitals, do we need you to uh, pull over and call us so that we could administer emergency care? <laughs> and we were like, well, that was nice of them to call. Anyways, that was my experience with house flipping. That is a, so I think that's a story for the books. Yeah. You need to tell the we sold children. it for a bit of a loss. Um, and the nice thing is that and we've totally come to terms with it. Uh, we've had some, you know, nice wins on other properties. So again, we have the volume to kind of balance it out. Um, we drive by it every week when we go up to football games and we turn our heads and we don't look at it and we don't talk about it. We say, wasn't there that place that one time that we did some work on? That's how we refer to it. Uh, but it was a huge, good learning experience. So anyways, we're house hoarders. Uh, we like to rent it. Someday we'll flip it, but I want to earn my purchase price back first in rent. And then we flip it for fun. Um, 
All right, let's talk about some rehab costs because I think people think about the purchase and then the repairs. That's easy, right? Except sometimes they don't think about with the purchase costs. They may have some other you know, financing costs or depending on how they choose to pay for it. But then there's also the carrying costs that a lot of people don't think about. Um, there is, I was going to talk about this at the end, but there are some online calculators and I'll give you a resource uh, towards the end of the show that can help you figure out those carrying costs. Um, and that has to do with if you have any payments, whether it's mortgage payment or interest payment or, you know, equity payment, if you borrowed against your primary residence, God help you. Um, those are, you're going to have that until the house sells. That, that can be very expensive. Insurance. If you have ever tried to get insurance on a vacant home, is not easy and it is super expensive. It's probably, I'm going to guess, at least three or four times. I you didn't know, know that. Oh, yeah. I had an apartment building that was vacant, just a little four unit building that was vacant because we were rehabbing it. Mm-hmm. And then I bought the apartment building right next to it, which was not vacant. And I was able to combine my insurance on the two. My insurance cost didn't go up. <laughs> I added an entire second building full of tenants, four units, and my insurance costs actually went down about $50 a year. Vacant building insurance is incredibly expensive because if a, a pipe bursts or something, there's no one there Yeah, to like that stem makes sense. the tide, you know, kind of thing. Um, so insurance can be really expensive. Utility costs, and that can be really expensive as you're, you know, trying to change things out. So, um and property taxes, people don't think about that. You still got to pay property taxes while you're holding it as well. And then in the um, in the closing costs on the sales side, one of the things that is never figured into those HGTV costs is if you're selling it with a realtor, there are commissions, there's title insurance, there's other closing fees, and those all really can eat into what, uh, what your profit is on that as well. All right, uh, let's, is it time to go to break again? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I guess. Do I have to? All right. All right. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Hey, we'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. 
To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we are talking about flip properties, and we were just finishing up talking about all the costs in addition to what you see on your little chart at the end of the HGTV show. I love HGTV. I think I should say that. And HGTV, if you called me, I would happily do a show for you. Um, but for entertainment purposes only. Uh, and that's the, kind of the point we're trying to make. So, you, And we'll talk a little bit about how you sort of get started uh, once I dispel all the rumors. So we talked about how carrying costs, um, utilities, insurance. If you're buying something like a condo or something in a neighborhood, you have to do HOA fees and pay all those the whole time that you are rehabbing the house. Um, and um, so I wanted to talk about um, when you go to sell, something that could cause you to have some more costs is because sometimes you run into some um, showstoppers when you are trying to sell and you haven't owned the property very long. And the future purchaser needs financing? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah. So that has happened to me a couple of times. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, right now, it's really, um, it's an, there's an FHA guideline that they have what's called, I guess, a flipping rule where if the current seller of the home um, cannot have acquired that property within 90 days of the purchase contract. Okay. So acquired meaning um, whether they paid cash, whatever. Um, the date that the deed was transferred. Correct. Um, now, there are some exemptions to that, which include, you know, like, let's say uh, you inherited the property. Mm-hmm. That's exempt from that. Okay. And your buyer wants to purchase the home using FHA. Um, conventional loan, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, they don't have uh, specific guidelines, but they will do some extra due diligence if, let's say, someone... Easy numbers here. If someone um, acquired the house and paid a hundred thousand for it, mm-hmm. and now within thirty day or ninety days they're going to sell it for one fifty, one seventy, um, a lender may do some extra due diligence to see like what were the upgrades. Can you provide a list of mm. you know improvements and things like that? And that way they can cut that that increase can be justified. But but if your buyer were getting an FHA loan, absolutely not. Cannot sign a purchase agreement. Um. Correct. Within 90 days. Yes. And like I said, there are a few exceptions. Like yeah. A, like a HUD Interesting. home. Like a HUD home. But. And I had something come up this past year that was the first time I'd ever had it happen before. And I think it was with an FHA where we had hit the just hit the 90 days. So we were able to write the purchase offer to purchase on it because the contract had to be dated. 91 90 days. days. 91, yeah, 91 days. days. However, under 120 days, I think it was, or maybe it was 180 days of ownership by the seller, we had to have two appraisals, and one of the appraisals could not be paid for by the buyer, which means that the seller had to pay for a second appraisal on the property. Or a lender would, a lot of times a lender would eat that charge. Okay. Yeah. And I honestly, right now on the spot, I don't know if that has been changed okay. since that happened to you. But yeah, I think that, this was last fall. That used to be... That that mm-hmm. definitely was a rule, and it still may may very well be a rule right now. But that happened to me once, where I started a loan process, we got the loan in process, and we were like day seventy or something like mm-hmm. that. 
And I didn't know that there was that rule. So everybody, thankfully, we're still in agreement. We sat around and waited. We sat around and waited. Mm -hmm. And then everything was started over on day 91. And what was the reason for that rule? I don't know. It's a, like I said, it's a FHA. I mean, I'm assuming it was had something to do with, again, all the craziness that was happening in 2005, 6, 7, 8, um, when people were picking up properties, getting appraisers to inflate the costs, pulling money back out. That could be a possibility. It could be one, you know, that's already been in place for a long time. But I think in general, like the spirit of the program mm-hmm. is to provide like affordable housing you know, minimum down, you know, minimal down payment, mm-hmm. things like that. So and minimal risk. Yeah. So it's their way of mitigating some risk. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, like I mentioned, I, I, I talked about the guy in the article who in Phoenix, who does about eight flips a month. And he said one or two of them, they'd lose a little money, three or four, they'd make a little bit. And a couple, you know, one or two would pan out well on average. And that sounds about right, which, um, Again, brings me to a point I make anytime I'm talking to someone about flipping. If you are just doing this on the side, you're really going to struggle because you are competing against full-time flippers who can afford to take bigger risks than you and who can risk losing some money, uh, whereas normal people can't if it's just kind of on your side. They don't necessarily have the same profit needs as you. And we run into this in Bloomington a lot um, for a lot of reasons. We don't have a ton of distressed properties. We don't have a ton of foreclosures. I mean, certainly flipping Vegas and, and Tarek and Christina in Southern California, there are a lot of foreclosures. There's a lot of opportunities there. We don't have a ton of opportunities here. But we have probably four or five full-time flippers. And you see them around. You see their properties. You, you know, um, you, you go to share sale and you see them there. And they don't need to make $50,000 on each flip they're doing say I did the math here but I mean if you're do if you make ten thousand dollars on each flip but you're doing three a month that's pretty good income in the course of a year right. I mean if that's your profit but if you're doing one a year and you're only making ten thousand dollars you might be better off just delivering pizza <laughs> you know I think those are equally equally could be uh Dangerous and profitable. At the same <laughs> there you time. go. There you go. Um, so that's you know certainly something that you need to investigate as you start to educate yourself. If you really want to get into the the flipping business, you need to know who your competition is, um, and also understanding how they work can be a big ben- benefit to you. Um, understanding what their profit margins are. I always look at um, if I have a an investor who bids on a house or tries to make an offer on a house and they don't get it. I always watch that house and I go back to the investor, not to rub it in, but to say, hey, that house on Andy Court sold for 103000 You were willing to pay ninety five. So there's someone who saw $8,000 more equity in there, you know, and the, or their margins were $8,000 less than where your margins needed to be. He, you know, you need mm-hmm. to know that to educate yourself to understand what you're up against. Um, understanding how they work can be a huge benefit to you. Uh, one of the things I I try to do too is try and figure out where are they coming up with these homes because again in our market they're not listed in the MLS. I mean there are some, mm-hmm. um, but they're not. You know, and if they, it is listed in the MLS, then everybody pounces on them. So you don't always get a great deal on that. So where are they? Where are they getting them from? It's like that one show with the secret list of. You know, where all the bank-owned properties are or where is the secret list of... There is no secret list. I know. That's what I'm saying. 
People call all the time and they say, I'm interested in this distressed property. It just has a street name. It doesn't have the address. Like there's no secret list. That property isn't really for sale. There are some secrets. This is why I want local realtors to please turn off your radios. Uh, and I'll sh- <laughs> share with you my secrets. One is that I look in surrounding boards of realtors. Let me see if I can explain this. I belong to the Bloomington Board of Realtors, which we encompass Monroe County, which is the county we're in, and a couple of counties, neighboring counties, Greene County, Owen County. But Indianapolis is the next big city up the road, about 60 miles from us. They are not on the same board of realtors. But sometimes realtors up in Indianapolis have contracts with banks who own properties. And those banks will just use those Indianapolis realtors to list the houses. And they don't show up in our local MLS. They might show up on Realtor.com or something like that, but they kind of get buried. Sometimes information isn't even correct um, because the realtors aren't local, so they don't really know where anything is. Uh, I've picked up some myself that way. Probably one of our best uh, deals ever. We were definitely our own uh, renovation show. This was a good one. We picked up this little house. I mean, a steal um, and... We were so nervous because we just didn't think we were going to get it because it was just such a good price. I mean, we paid like $17,000 for it or something crazy like that on the west side of town. And we were fixing it up. And this was kind of back in the good old days. We were going to pull some money out of it to do another project. And it was, you know, how the, the reality shows, the flip shows always say, well, the day of the open house. And so they're like stressed because they're like pulling all nighters right before the open house. Right, right. And that's kind of stupid because, I mean, really, you can change an open house. It's not that big a deal. But we had... A tax deadline. We needed money. This was like way back in the beginning for us. We needed money out of the house to pay some taxes. So we had a deadline that we needed to get the money out of. And so we had to have the appraisal done by a certain day. So we were up against the deadline. And Eurus was literally pulling an all-nighter to get this house ready because we knew the appraiser was coming. So I go over there, and I'm trying to help, and we're just like, you know, we don't have switch plates up on the walls. And so we're just like setting them on the light switches and hoping the appraiser won't notice that we didn't have time to screw them in. Um, There was like some missing transitions, like, you know, between doorways and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was like this stone fireplace and a... Uh, missing rock or loose rock on the fireplace that like made it look really janky (laughs) and so I was like literally like screwing something a floor transition in and the appraiser pulls it up and I'm like the appraiser's here the appraiser's here running around I mean I swear it was and and I'm like places places so Eurus takes his seat on the fireplace on top of this missing rock and he just sat there the whole time and didn't move and then I stood there with my hand over one of the outlets that we couldn't one of the uh, switch plates that we couldn't like get to stay up and I just stood there like (laughs) pretending the whole time the appraiser was in the house (laughs) it appraised well I was happy it all worked out and it it sold in time and all no we don't sell things Oh, that's right. We got our money out, and we've had it rented now gotcha. for, my gosh, probably seven or eight years. Oh uh, it's a great little property. Love it. Anyways, don't be like us. I guess that's what I should say, right? Well, th- that was at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. Well, I will say, you know, in order for us to pull money back out of that house, we had to do a commercial loan, which is much less favorable terms, because we hadn't had the house for very long. And mm. so we had to do a commercial loan with 20-year instead of 30-year terms and higher interest rates and all that stuff. But just sort of, and then at some point we refinanced into a traditional and, you know, it takes a lot to keep track of all of that. So know where your competition is getting um, 
getting their homes. Uh, I, I go through like property transfers. If I see you know, one of the well-known flippers in town buy a house and try and figure out, you know, look at the transfers and see where that come from. Um, if you go to the sheriff's deal at sale, you'll probably see the same faces over and over again. But it is tricky to buy at a sheriff's sale because you got to have cash. and Most people don't have cash. Um, full-time flippers are actually not in there typically demoing the kitchen cabinets and laying the tile. Full-time flippers are generally out there looking for deals, and they have contractors and subs who are doing the work. So they're managing the work, but they'll go over and check on the house, kind of direct things, and then they're out there looking for uh, flips. And that is one of the challenges if you're a part-time flipper is that you may not have time to build those relationships um, to to find those great deals. Um Another thing that they're doing is that they may be filling their pipeline with things like short sales. As, as we've talked about, short sale deals can take a very long time to close, but you can get a pretty good deal in the house. Most normal home buyers, owner occupants can't sit around and wait for a short sale to maybe be approved, but an investor can kind of fill their pipeline with short sales so they have stuff maybe coming up down the road, um, but a lot of people can't do that. Flippers might be networking with local banks, networking with insurance agents or all kinds of people. Um, I always thought there would be a good, it sounds really dreary, and I mean it in a very positive and helpful and compassionate way, but I think there's a market for networking with funeral homes. Because a lot of people have like elderly parents who pass away and the kids aren't in town. And I've done a lot of deals like that where they kind of like, we don't live here anymore and we just need to sell the house kind of thing. Um, and not really knowing where to turn. Yeah, we had we knew someone that um, purchased through an estate sale through the bank. Yeah. So there's are certainly, they're not relying on MLS listings um, to, uh, to find the home. So that's part of the trick too. All right, should we take one more break and then we'll come back and talk about some options for financing flips and some closing thoughts on that. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? 
Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelly Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. Welcome back. Today, we are empowering you to uh, educate yourself about flipping homes if that's something you've had some interest in we're trying to point you in the right direction of having uh, educating yourself and getting information so you can make smart decisions so I want to talk about financing a little bit Um, so you found a house how do you buy it we talked briefly about the option of pulling equity from your current home and I will say that if you do that and I find out I might throw up on your shoes (laughs) for you because you should be throwing up on your shoes if you do that I just don't think that's a great idea. I don't think it's a great idea. I mean, think about how hard you work to to just pay down your mortgage right. on your on your own home and right. and you build up that equity and it's it's nice to see the end in sight. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have that peace of mind like we said that you mm-hmm. always know that that's one thing that can't be taken away from you. Um, so obviously cash is an option. Uh, if you have cash in your bank account, you can just write a check easiest solution probably not the most realistic so what conventional options are out there like if someone came to you karen and said hey i want to flip homes if they're coming it's going to be um, a non-owner occupied property so it'll be coded as investment which means that the interest rates are slightly higher um, provided that they don't have more than 10 financed properties already, like mm-hmm. in their own name, they can still get um, a 30-year fixed term, but your down payment requirement um, at minimum is 20%. Uh, sometimes 25% down will give you even a better interest rate. Okay, so 20, 25% down, a little bit higher interest rate. The other thing that's really important, though, is that the house has to be in financeable condition. It does. Now, conventional financing with that 20, 25% down is a little bit more lenient. You've heard us talk before about FHA financing, USDA financing, VA financing. They have a little bit tighter regulations. They're not going to finance something that has a cracked window. A conventional loan, they might note it, but you'll probably still get financing. Right. But I would say if there's a massive foundation issue or, you know, the house is mold-ridden or something like that. Or, you know, a popular one is someone did get it at a good cost or at a good price, but it's missing an entire kitchen. Yeah. Or there's no the working missing, yeah. bathrooms. Um, those those pose problems, even on a conventional yep. loan. Yeah. I had one once, and um, I knew that the appraiser who was going out was kind of short. So I'm not proud of this. Um, <laughs> the electric panel in the garage was really high up. Mm. So I shut all the breakers off to make it just a little bit harder for her to see things. <laughs> that bad i'm 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 getting a completely different side of you today. <laughs> she still kind of screwed me on some stuff because even you know it, it was a conventional loan um and there was plenty of equity in the house but the at some point in time some work on the roof had been done 
and prior to the foreclosure and they had left a bundle of shingles on the roof and so the appraiser required us to have a roof inspection to say hey someone just left a bundle of shingles on the roof but she's standing on the ground and she's short and so she's like it looks like there's a problem with the roof there's something going on up there and I had to have a roof inspection I mean it could be hard to tell what's going on if you just saw a big bundle of and and, and honestly and if you don't, can't turn any lights on because I took all the light bulbs out what of kind the of house. what kind of roofer just mm. leaves supplies up on top? I but don't know. It's fine. I think I remember that house, yeah. and there was nothing wrong with the roof. Yeah, by the way, but, but like, who leaves it up there? I know, but there were some things like that. So, anyways, yeah, the light bulbs, removing all the light bulbs from the house—that's one of my favorite tricks. Yeah. I don't recommend that. <laughs> that's the good old days. All right, no, um, because on vacant houses, uh-huh. on vacant houses in the appraisal, yeah, the appraiser lists that the the utilities were on and functioning at the time of the inspection because the lender wants to make sure that like the water's working right i leave the water on okay i just an a light bulb in an a one light bulb okay but all the rest i remove or the stove or something they can turn that on and see that the electric works Anyways, um, hard money lenders. Have you ever heard of hard money lenders? So these are people that are private individuals or companies that will lend on high-risk loans like flips. They're going to charge really high fees. They're going to charge a lot of interest. You may pay 10 or 14% interest. <laughs> Karen just threw up a little bit in her mouth um, on these. Uh, they can be ideal on flips because they're quick turnarounds. And if you know, if you're for investors that are doing this regularly and they're confident, um, then, you know, it's some a way that a lot of them choose to go. But if things don't go as planned, it can cut into your profit a lot. Then there are also partners in private money. I have a client doing this. Um, if you know people who have money or they're interested in partnering, that's always scary to me because I'm just afraid of letting people down because I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Right. So someone has the money, but I know how to go in and rehab it. Right. Okay. So they kind of partner up. Maybe one person has the experience and one person has the the you know the financial resources this can be one of the cheapest ways out there too um but i will say you know i think it can be difficult and legally cumbersome that you need to make sure you've got accountants and um and attorneys involved and everything is set up so that the expectations are clear up front i did a deal years ago with two guys that kind of partnered in a flip and i don't know how they had it set up but they had it set up because there were never any disagreements on how anything should be split or whose responsibility was whatever they diligently worked through that beforehand and I think a lot of people just get excited and want to jump into it and they don't Um, I want to leave you with um, oh gosh I really need 10 more minutes come on people Um, there's a website out there called um, bigger pockets I think I've talked about them before. There's some great message boards on there and just sort of brainstorming ideas of people who are really out there kind of doing the work. Um, And they have some upgrades that you can buy, like all websites. They have a Bigger Prockets Pro, which costs under $300 a year. But it's got a lot of tools, like it's got calculators that you can put into that will help you and make sure that it's covering all those carrying costs and things, trash costs, you know, things that you may forget and not Mm -hmm. think about. So if you're looking to educate yourself about flipping, I would definitely recommend looking at this route rather than spending a big chunk of money to go to one of these guru seminars like we talked about several weeks ago where you spend thousands of dollars on how to flip houses. I think uh, you know, Bigger Pockets has some really good information out there. And the last word I want to leave you with is that if you do get into flipping, just make sure that you're doing a great job and you're not cutting corners. What I see from a lot of 
kind of amateur, not full-time flippers is things like not um, finishing the edges of kitchen countertops with laminate. So like where it butts up to the stove, it's just raw wood and it's not completely covered with laminate because that's the piece you have to put on. Um, or you're not seeing, you know, a certain, the ceilings aren't painted, but everything else is painted. Or um, new kitchen countertops on old kitchen cabinets. That drives me crazy. Mm. If you're going to do it, you need to do it well. You need to know what buyers want. Um, and that's where having a great realtor working alongside you really pans out. All right. Any questions out there, class? All ready to go flip some houses? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week. I had some ideas, but I have not finalized them yet. I think in a couple of weeks, I'm excited. I think we're going to go up to the Indianapolis Home Show and collect some really cool ideas on what's the latest and greatest out there for homes, which doesn't really have to do with buying or selling, but uh, I think it might be a really cool show. So we've got some good stuff coming up, so keep tuning in. Make sure you download us on iTunes if you've missed a show. You can always catch up, put it in the car. You can drive all the way to L.A. and probably halfway back to Colorado before you get to run out of new stuff to listen to. Thanks for tuning in today. We will be back next week on Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.